Hello, I am Pete Real, a high school English and Spanish teacher, an avid reader, and an aspiring writer. Thank you for listening to the Chills at Will podcast, in which we explore the visceral beauty of literature and its connection to our culture, our history, and ourselves. Hello, and welcome to episode 135 of the Chills of Will podcast. It's a pleasure today to be joined by Brianna Munoz and a little bit about her. She is a writer from Southern California. Raised in San Diego, she spent a lot of her time at her mother's Mexican folklore dance classes and at ranches where her father trained horses into the sunset. She is the author of Loose Lips, a poetry collection published by Prickly Pear Publishing in 2019. Her work has been published in the Bravura Literary Journal, La Bloga, the oldest Chicana Chicano literature blog in history, the Poets Responding page, and in the Oakland Arts Review, among others. In the 2016 publication of the Bravura, she was awarded the second place fiction prize. Her poem, Rebirth, was featured in the reproductive health edition of the St. Susia Zine. Brianna's work was one of 10 chosen for the best of LA Bloga from 2015. When she isn't typing away, she enjoys danza azteca, live music, cats, and thrift shopping. How are you today? Good. Thanks for that introduction. You read through it very smoothly. I appreciate that. So, so is that saying that La Bloga is, is the oldest Chicano Chicana literature blog in history? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, and it was actually through them that I first started submitting poetry anywhere. So. Okay. Yeah, I oh, kept it in my bio, even though it's, you know, 2015. Ah, oh, very cool. Um, honored to have you on. And, you know, I know that doesn't completely cover everything about you, but we'll get into some of the, the backgrounds. I'd love to know about growing up, uh, you know, in San Diego, like your relationship with literature, reading, writing. I mean, was were you a monolingual English speaker who understood Spanish? Do you, or did you grow up bilingual? Like how does language and, and, and literature and reading kind of come into play? Yeah. So actually, well, I guess we should start off with, um, you know, I'm Mexican American, uh, grew up in San Diego, which is, you know, considered a border town. And, um, my mother was born in Mexico, migrated to, the U.S. Um, when she was a teenager with her family, and um, and then my dad, he was born here in the U.S., but he's very, very just involved in Mexican culture mm. in the forms of charreria, which is like Mexican rodeo, mm. and um, he also did some performing that was very Mexican, you know. Um, very Mexican, it's Mexican culture too. So um, that was, you know, my first language was Spanish. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, growing up in the US and being introduced to the educational system here, that was quickly, I, you know, I took like my, I, I do feel a little subconscious when I mm. uh, 
Spanish now because it's, uh, you know, not very strong. Uh, so um, through writing, I, it's, it's important for me to translate my poetry into Spanish mm. uh, because, uh, well, one, like, you know, honoring that side of me, um, but also like I just had this really awesome experience where I gifted a copy of my book, Everything is Returned to the Soil, which is a bilingual collection, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, to my grandparents and my grandma who only speaks Spanish was able to, you know, read my dedication, which listed them. So uh, um, yeah, it's just like full circle. Um, uh, but yeah, growing as far as growing up, um, yeah, so I, you know, Spanish speaking was uh, in my household, but not too much after like us going to school. So Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I got to figure that's as good as it gets to have like grandma read your work in Spanish <laughs> with it. Like you said, with the dedication to her, that's, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, shoot. Even your, bi- even your biography is poetic. The, the line about your father, um, where her father trained horses into the sunset. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. Are we, are we talking like, like Jaripeo, like, like horses doing the cool little chop chop and like dancing that kind of stuff? Yeah, well, so my dad, uh, he literally from the time he could walk, he hopped on a horse and has been riding since then. But he, as his profession, he trained horses. He was a personal Mm. horse trainer. Oh, wow. So my summers were spent like being dragged to (laughs) the ranches where he would train. And, um, you know, at the time it was like, I wish I was at the beach or with friends, (laughs) but now you know, always looking back, it's like, no, that was pretty close cool. out in nature and yeah. surrounded by people. So hmm. what, what, what were you reading, whether it was like something that you were, um, you know, assigned in school or, or your parents showed interest in or, or, you know, gave to you or, or whatever, or just totally on your own? What, who were you reading? What were you reading, you know, as a kid into adolescence? So I always uh, like to honor, you know, like as a Chicana, poet and writer um Sandra Cisneros which is like a very obvious one but Mm -hmm. um you know it's because of women like her that like the you know this podcast is being recorded like if yeah and I take that into account in my own work too Mm -hmm. um on Thursday I read to um a class of high school students that were in a yeah, and like a fellowship summer program and like, you know, to be inspiring students uh, and, you know, it's also like a class of mainly like Latin, Hispanic um, students. It's, you know, it's like important work. So, um, yeah, Sandra Cisneros was a very obvious um, influence, but also um, around like maybe seventh grade, I had a field trip uh, to the Cal State San Marcos and huh. uh, Michelle Cerros was okay. reading there. Yeah, so that was also like a, you know, that was like real life poetry in front of me. Hmm. Um, also somebody that identifies as like Latinx and 
um yeah like you know uh, she um has passed now but like it's I I always have that memory of um you know just introduction to Latin poets uh, at an early age well I mean I've the way that people she's like your favorite your your favorite poet's favorite poet I mean I've heard people just talk about her as just a total legend I you, you I said she passed away I think it's what six or seven years ago maybe um yeah I don't remember yeah. yeah oh man but you got to see her live is she was she like a like fiery type of poet or is she more like chill laid back um well you know that that was a while ago but I have like watched uh poetry recordings of her just like recently mm-hmm. and yeah I I don't know it's it's funny like when you see like your own work and you're like yeah those were definitely my influences because you mm. like almost them in your own poetry Hmm. but um a cool thing is i actually have a signed book from that you know that like pivotal moment in my writing career and uh, i almost like forgot about um that experience and i like found Hmm. the book at my parents house and was like whoa yeah (laughs) oh man that's so cool um a little wikipedia search tells me that she i don't do you know rage against the machine yes they, you know, in the days of like having like covers and like an actual CD, you know, they always have like selected readings or like assigned or like, uh, you know, recommended readings, read some, you know, Franz Fanon, read some, uh, you know, Chomsky. And they actually had uh, some of Michelle Cerro's, um, some of her work on, I guess, the Evil Empire one. That's cool. That's I did not awesome. know that. Yeah. <laughs> As you got into high school, college, you know, out of, out of college, like young adult, like, did you continue? Who Who else did you see live or who else did you get into whether they were poets or not who else were you reading i guess into who who else are you reading as we speak these days well um you know like in college it was like t.s Eliot and um or you know like i say this a lot and uh, like a slogan that i go off of is like decolonize your bookshelves because Mm. in school like it's always um, and I have a poem that like says, you know, um, all of the white male poets taught to me in grade school. So I was reading like um, all of the classic, uh, you know, poetry literature, um, Emily Dickinson and Walt Whitman and all, all of that. But, um, but now like my like everything that's on my bookshelf you know living as a poet in the poetry world mm-hmm. um you you like all of my friends are poets so it's like mm. whenever they, they're coming out with new books i you have to support them right um and want to support them obviously but right. um so it's a lot of um living um you know poets of color um they all live on my bookshelf now <laughs> oh very cool um, are you are you able to read like like truly read for pleasure or are you always like when you read poetry are you kind of like oh that's an interesting you know line break or that's an interesting pantoum or you know what I mean like are you kind of like not critiquing in a negative way but are you just like reading like a like a coach or a teacher you know what I mean I I do sometimes but with books like that um or with poetry like that I usually like just will flip open a page and um, I like will know immediately if I don't 
if I wouldn't really vibe with it. Mm. Um, so I would probably wouldn't purchase. Um, right. Also, like usually um, a lot of the stuff that I am reading, it's like been on a recommendation basis. So um, or it's like I like I keep hearing this name, so I should probably, you know, mm. look into them or yeah. um, so I'll give like those a good read through. Yeah. Um, but my reactions are usually like, oh my God, that's clever. Like huh. that's, <laughs> yeah. and I'll about a, a laugh or something. Cause I'm like, how, <laughs> right. or like I was written that. Yeah. Without, without like starting like a beef in your like local, you know, com poet community. So you don't have to name anybody like, you know, well, or something like that. Who's somebody like outside of your, your, your group. That's like really wowing you like a contemporary poet? Um, hmm. Well, so I'll, I'll just name like one book that I really enjoyed. And this, he is a press mate of mine, but Cesar de Leon, he's out of Texas. Okay. He has a really strong collection. It just won an award that was nominated, but um, he is like a queer Latinx uh, poet. And so there's like, I don't know, I guess, when you know like when you know you really enjoyed someone's work is when you remember you know the poems in the collection yes if you were like oh that was you might not really recall like specifics mm -hmm. so uh he has like a really awesome poem about um attending like a barbecue as a gay man mm. And it's like a list, a list poem of things not to do or to avoid doing or, or things to do. So it's like, mm. you know, things like, and this probably isn't in it, but it's like burp real loud or like, you, mm -hmm. you know, just drink a craft beer, bring craft beer only. It's like, so it's, uh, but he also does some really like heavy poem, poem to his mom. Um, yeah, that's just the first uh first book that comes up um in mind cool thanks for that wreck in the collection we're gonna you know mainly talk about with everything returns to the soil in espanol todo vuelve a la tierra like music is comes up a lot and i guess maybe before i even ask you about that like the idea of like the you know the poet as speaker like you can play the fifth or you can you know you know like are you do you feel like you're the speaker in your poems is 100 percent you or like not at all or like uh you know an amalgamation of of you and what you want to be you know what i mean like i don't know how much the poem as speaker the poet as speaker works for you in that book, I would say like 95%. Yeah. And then obviously, like some things are, um, you add a little bit of like sprinkle a little drama or sure. um, exaggeration. But um, yeah, I mean, I also write like short stories that mm. are fiction, you know, um, that would be a different answer. But um, with yeah. poetry, it's usually like you can tell what I've been going through you know like that year was very much about like um reclaiming my indigeneity and um reclaiming like my uh 
you know, existing as a woman, as a woman of color and, um, and learning to like not carry shame about certain things about existing as a woman. Mm. And uh, you can kind of all see that in that book. Mm. So, you know, I mean, a, a really cool and eclectic music collection. I mean, you don't talk about a lot, a lot of music, but a good amount, you know, like, I'm like, okay, cool. I, I went and checked out that Neil Young song you referenced. <laughs> Harvest Moon, I want to say. Right. Which was cool. Again, I don't, I hadn't known that song, but it gave me good memories. Um, my dad and my brother, good, you know, uh, Heart of Gold, the Neil Young song, right? I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. Right. And mm -hmm. it sounds like, like I said, like an eclectic um, sense of, of music. How does music maybe it doesn't how does music work into your writing like whether that's like what you're listening to while you write or like how the music that you like bleeds into what you write I that's interesting I like haven't even like made that observation from my collection I guess it just like seeps in mm -hmm. um but you know like talking about my parents my parents uh are performers my mom is a dancer and she's been dancing since before I was born and she's still a dance teacher and performer and then my dad um he I was saying he performs he does um it's called uh floreo de soga and in English would be uh trick and fancy roping yeah trick and okay. fancy roping so it's like the lasso mm -hmm. and he's jumping through it and um mm. with that he like he toured with um like the most famous mariachi groups in the wow. world and with with linda ronstadt who's actually oh, in yeah. that uh, she does the back uh backup vocals for uh heart of gold you just mentioned that but anyway oh seriously so, uh, yeah oh, you, cool. if you listen back to it, you'll hear it yeah oh nice thank you that's cool to hear okay but yeah, so it was, um, music's always been like a very big part of my life. And uh, yeah, so I guess it just kind of seeps in. I do listen to music as I'm writing sometimes for mm. just like to set the mood. It's usually very like acoustic, dark, mm -hmm. uh, emotional uh, type music. Yeah. Mm. I wonder then like how dance and ind indigeneity works into your writing as well. I mean, that's probably a long answer and maybe you don't even fully know, like it's somewhere subconscious, but like, do are you, how, do, how does it, how does it work? Are you like someone, do you dance? Like do you travel the country? Is it something that's, you know, a, a daily thing for you? How does the dance, you know, it's obviously a form of creativity too. How does that work in with your writing? Yeah. So um, to be, um, I'm a Sheikah indigenous dancer. It's like really to live a whole lifestyle. Mm. Um, people see, you know, us uh, in ceremony or um, see us at Placita Vega and think it's like a performance, but mm. it's really like a spiritual mm. um, practice and ritual. And, you know, you're, you're honoring and asking permission from uh you know the four elements and um the directions and um yeah so it's I think it's just so much part of me that it it just it inevitably like ends up being my focus of writing right now mm -hmm. um, but yeah I think also um 
kind of overlaps with like the work that I do with like social justice um, because I'm very um, inspired by, you know, like living um, in an environmentally friendly and conscious like lifestyle as well. I mean, of course I live in LA and I have a car and, <laughs> um, sure. you know, I, um, sometimes order a Starbucks coffee and that's like wasteful. Right. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm aware of it and, uh, I end up, that ends up in my poetry as well. And, mm. you know, of course, indigenate, indigenate, uh, um, overlaps with that because it's very, um, focused on living with the land. Yeah. That's interesting. I talk about like, it's a lifestyle I and mean, I guess, I, I can't imagine that you would just go and dance once every once, you know, once in a while and just kind of like, okay, cool. I'm done until next time. Like you said, it's, yeah. Have, do you learn Nawal? Like, do you learn some basic phrases even like? Yeah. So um, through events, uh, I have learned a little, um, all of like the animal names and uh, the, the directions, of course. I'm um, so I practice dance twice a week with my circle and then um you know like every other weekend it's like a ceremony or a powwow or um uh you know like a retreat spiritual retreat or a sweat lodge or mm. uh whatever it is so uh it's you know very very much part of um every every day but yeah um I'm also um it's you call it a fire keeper. Mm. So there's different roles within um, Danza Azteca. And uh, so to be a fire keeper, you're, um, you know, burning copal, which is a re an incense from tree resin. And you're cleansing the circle, you're cleansing all of the instruments and smudging the danzantes before they enter the um, circle. And, um, because of that as well, like I, I have to uh, acknowledge the four directions in Nahuatl, and so I've learned a little here and there. Oh wow, very interesting. Thank you for that. Um, so, you know, as you got into writing, like Loose Lips was your first collection. That was 2017. 2019. 2019. Loose Lips was okay. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, you know, did you like? in writing that, like, was it a lot of like life experience, like you went out and, you know, doing different jobs and stuff like that and just living in the world, or was it something that you'd started a while back, like in more of like a, not sterile, but more of like a classroom environment? Like, you know, what was like a lot of the main fodder for loose lips? Um, so I, yeah. So I guess I'll start off with when I was, I, I, I've been performing poetry for maybe six years now. Mm. And, um, and so there was a, I went to a poetry festival um, in Havana, Cuba. Oh, yeah. And it was like really that trip when I was, you know, reading poetry and people would come up to me after and they'd be like, Hey, like, where can I find your book? And mm. I was like, well, I don't have one. <laughs> so that was like big, like motivation for me coming back from that trip. I was like, okay, like it's about time I've been writing for, 
you know, how many, you know, however many years uh-huh. now. And uh, I, I was really motivated coming back from that to start okay. my uh, book publishing journey. Uh, at that point, I had submitted and been published in a lot of like, like literary journals, but I was like, let's focus on putting together a book now. Hmm. I mean, did you have a teacher or a friend or just yourself where you're like, man, I can do this. Like I, what I'm writing here, people, this makes sense. These are cool images, you know, people identify with it. People respond. Like, how did that work? Well, so I've been writing since I was like 10 years old, uh, writing poetry. And yeah, I mean, every, I would like, I, I would like to think that every, like every published poet or successful poet or um has you know has had like mentors or just one teacher be like hey this is like have you ever considered publishing or but um yeah i mean i had so many like so many blessings along the way um when i like i just remember being like in seventh grade and be like i'm gonna be an author Mm. and um but yeah, it wasn't until high school when it, uh, when my English teachers, she uh, helped me, she like asked me to bring my poetry and helped me like pick out certain poems to submit to like the youth, uh, some like youth anthology then. Um, but in college, uh, I had some really um, amazing experiences with um, two teachers there at the, um, community college that I went to. Uh, They were creative writing teachers and they were uh, very just like motivating and and um, and encouraging me to read and perform. And um, around that same time I had I had met Sonia Gutierrez, which is Mm. she's a uh, who's also published by poet and writer. Uh, published by Flower Song Press and I remember sitting down with her and she she was the first person that like really pushed me to submit and it was after like our um, little meeting at a coffee shop where I like went back home and I wrote something out and I mm. sent it off to be published mm. um, and it was accepted and that's really how like everything I I would think started. She's also the first person that uh, invited me to read at a poetry festival as part of her panel. So um, yeah, a big shout out to her. And, you know, we're doing, we're doing reading. Like I was just at a Barnes and Noble doing a a reading with her uh, like two years ago. So cool. You're talking about like the the actual the reading of it um, at the conf or at the I guess conference or festival in, in Cuba and so. Was there like a was there like a big stage fright, or was it like let's do this? Yeah, no, that was um, I had done like a, I had done some you know performances by that point, but um, no, I like I've literally never. I'm just not like a nervous person uh, mm. when it comes to performing. I've been performing my right. entire life. Like, 
and so I'm not I, I like to credit that I think I'm just like yeah let's hop up there mm -hmm. and uh, I I can exist like vulnerably and and uh, yeah I think uh, poetry is to be shared with the world mm. definitely you how about like 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 quote unquote decoding your poetry like are you how do you feel you know about people kind of like you know breaking it down like oh what you know or asking you like what did you mean by this line you know or like trying to get like an answer like objectively is that something that you're like into like oh I, yeah this symbol i meant to be this such and such or is it more kind of like free flowing where it's like you know whatever it means to you <laughs> <laughs> um well i guess maybe a little bit of both I don't know. I'm honestly, when I like have those conversations, I'm like flattered. I'm like, wow, mm. you read my poem. <laughs> mm. uh, or even just when people um, pull out, you know, like certain poems that from my book or my performance that they uh, connected with. Um, that's always just really cool. And it's interesting how, you know, like a poem that I maybe don't ever read in public mm -hmm. is in my book and maybe um someone will be like yeah i really liked this one and it's uh interesting to hear like how uh different people connect with uh certain poems and in, in that collection yeah definitely so the 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 most recent collection is everything returns to the soil slash todo vuelve a la tierra i wonder like maybe some seeds for the book <laughs> seeds for the book i didn't even mean that pun there but the soil okay sorry mm -hmm. like some of the background on like you know kind of where the where the the, the title came from and just and just the collection yeah so um as mentioned like when i was writing that uh that collection uh i was also just going through a lot of reclaiming of my indigeneity uh, that's around the time when i was really first introduced to Danza Stick are really getting more involved in it. And, um, and so a lot of like po poetry inspired by like ancestral connection or an ancestral messages um, existing with the land. Um, and, but then also like, just, you know, I'm also, a woman that's like in around that time, like mid twenties and um, lots of like, I, so in one of the blurbs uh, by Odelia, she uh, in the back of the book, um, she's an amazing poet and uh, inspiration as well. But um, Odelia Galvan Rodriguez, she, in her blurb, she says something about like, Brianna's not afraid to combine the sin with the sacred so I feel like that's a pretty great representation there's like the poem about the bar but then there's also the mm -hmm. poem about messages from the earth and so uh yeah it's, I guess that's also kind of speaks on where the title comes from uh everything is returned to the soil and so yeah <laughs> yeah the, the the epigraph is quote as I began identifying the themes of my poetry, I noticed one thing. I noticed that everything stems from Mother Earth and everything returns to her. Love, spirituality, medicine work, politics, cultura, traditional practices, the delicious food prepared by my abuela. You know, and, and, and like you said there, you know, 
that you write here about how 2019 was a year of a spiritual awakening, personal growth. Um, and so that makes a lot of sense with, with the title. It ends with everything is returned to the soil. Todo vuelve a la sierra, sacred soil. Thank you. One of your poems, the lines are, quote, how many poems can I puke out to audiences of people I do not know who will return to their homes and I to my despair? How many poems can I write? So the idea of like, can, can poems be like a catharsis? Is it like, oh, you know, I, through writing them, you feel like a relief or you get answers or is it kind of like I'm putting it out into the world and, and so and so be it? I don't know. Poetry is such a like living, like a living thing. Like it can be the relief and expression and emotion. And then it can also be like torment while you're trying to go mm. to bed at like, 3 a.m. because something just comes into your brain sure. um, and it, you have to release it. So, yeah, it's really all of it, yeah. <laughs> I would say. Continue with the theme like, of, you know, Mother Earth and soil. There's, help me out here with the pronunciation. Is it, is it Tonotzin? Tonotzin, yeah. Yeah. The, um, one of the later poems in the collection, it's, it's, quote, you will understand you are never alone. There's a really, the really interesting poem about being at, I guess, like a barbecue or like a function of some sort and kind of feeling, oh, with your family, I, think, I believe in Mexico, once, once Volver, Volver comes on and you're eating, you know, carnitas and sharing other things, the line is, quote, Mother Earth calls to me in Nahual and calls me mija. There's such a, a motherly, you know, affection there and calling me mija. And then the... The one about, um, you know, protesting, marching for George Floyd and just that you end the poem with um, the idea of kneeling on Tonatzin or, or Mother Earth that's really affecting. Um, just, I mean, obviously with the, with, the, with the tragic and horrific way he died, um, but just, you know, Mother Earth and coming back to that. You know, another theme that, that pops out seems to be like, which I guess could be related to, to Mother Earth in some ways, is the idea of like ancestors and new generations. One of the poems is called Ancestral Wounds. Quote, I am the grief my grandmother never released. I am decades of women gathered around kitchens, burnt fingertips, but a poor cook out of rebellion. And I think, I think so many of us can relate just to the idea of like rebellion. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Right. But, um, you know, that particular poem, I mean, was that something where when you were younger, like you realized that like, man, they're passing this down to me. This is generations and generations. Or was it like, like all of us as kids or teenagers, like, eh, I'd rather be doing something else. Or it was a little bit of both. Did you understand what you had in those times, I guess? No. Um, well, you know, going back to like with 2019 and forward, like I've just really, um, like taking responsibility for, so I guess existing as like a Mexican American person, um, my grandmother, she is like a very conservative Catholic woman. Mm. And you, you know, I, I grew up that way. My mother grew up that way. And um, it's not until like, you know, my adulthood, adulthood that I've been like, I don't know, I've like really branched up, but um, you, you know, these are like 
elders that do practice like Catholicism and Mm. like I realize it's based on like survival right because Mm. the Spanish moved in and um, but with that poem it's funny I so I did like a ancestry.com DNA kit and like I guess this is what inspired that poem which is like really strange but (laughs) (laughs) and there's that whole thing about like um using your data for like evil or whatever but Uh but it's also like a tool right and um so of course my dna came back as like half indigenous and half spanish which is every mexican on earth but but, um so there's a line in that poem that talks about existing as the colonizer and colonized from birth and like Mm. You know, I'm here celebrating my indigeneity through Danza Azteca and um, different indigenous practice practices. But I guess I was reflecting on like, should I also honor this other like mm-hmm. lineage, right? Because of that like awful history. And yeah, that's just a little bit about that poem. Well, yeah, in the same poem, it's like, I mean, so many great images and lines i am heavy weighed down by cries of ancestors scarred of scarred of slapped wrists for speaking the spanish language in el paso during the mid-30s and then like you like you just said i am the colonizer and the colonizer from birth and a lot of i am statements i am a dance of praise of thanks i am a horse on hind legs i'm a horse whipped and the nourishment the horse consumes i am an empath etc etc just the idea of yeah just like that lineage um while obviously different generations are are different in many ways, but there's those things that connect. There's one about your mother as the life of the party. You talked about how she's a, she's a performer, dancer, great lines, quote, I am made from my grandmother's stubborn rib. I'm thinking of like Adam and Eve, right? And my great grandmother's had too much to drink liver made from my, made from the dirt on the faces of children at play and from the sweat of my father working underneath the summer sun. Great alliteration, of course. Summer sun, the sweat of your father, the, you know, the, the liver, the faces of the children at play. Um, how much did you... Was there any fear about writing about your family? (laughs) Yeah, I actually have gotten in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I don't know. I maybe should have been a little bit more censored. Um, I I think there was a lack of fear (laughs) in writing about my family. But yeah specifically the um poem about it's titled El Viva and okay. um, there's a line about um some of my relatives being um unfaithful and so um I I think maybe um I don't know but I don't know that I'm wrong for writing that either mm. <laughs> so um but yeah it's uh there's a little little bit of awkwardness at um sure you know, the family parties after my book came out. Um, sure. But for the most part, um, they're very supportive and it's um, it, it hasn't been too much of a problem. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah with like lineage there's a, the dancing woman poem you know there's great image of like your father's calloused hands from lasso and mom's boots and then like your mom like imagining who her her offspring would look like most you know and then you know it's not it's not a literal ancestry but just like the collective wisdoms of like you know the people that you write about and you know like the ginsburgs and elliot and dickinson and there's this idea of like this, like it's like collective wisdom being passed down i love the poem not this called poem poem not a persuasive essay i don't know if i get the full title right my poem is not a persuasive my, essay. my poem is not a persuasive essay the the ending is kind of like a reverse like you would think of like the prompt being first and i love how you ended it you end it with write a poem describing your thoughts on war and i feel like that would make you that made me want go back and read it again kind of like um how many more poems do we need to write until the children are hopscotching feet against white line shapes against asphalt rather than in cages how many more traumatic brain injuries until your stomachs feel satisfied stomachs plural man how many more doors do my small knuckles need to knock on not knuckles but small knuckles you know i was i was writing a little bit this morning and i'm thinking you know just like getting thoughts down from like a dream i had but i'm like dang i got too many question marks in here you have a you have a lot of questions in this poem, but it works. Right. It really works. So, like, was this was this based on like a real prompt or? It was, and the prompt was write a poem. Um, Describe your thoughts on war. Right. Yeah. Uh, but of course, it's uh, not just limited to war, but the entire you know like U.S. and. Um, mm existing in the trump era and all sorts of stuff it's funny i um i read that one quite often when performing and um uh i've noticed a lot of other poets have trump you know like a few mm. trump poems and i was <laughs> that we should have like a fu donald trump anthology <laughs> because there's so poets that like reference him in office and uh right yeah. <laughs> who the rapper who had the f donald trump song ah it's not coming right now i want to say I, was it yg maybe anyways right. there you go that's that, i would buy that anthology heck yeah. <laughs> yeah man so a lot about um in, in raiz which which means like root right or roots mm -hmm. like the idea of like reclaiming you know heritage and and proud you know be, and pride so please continue making fun of her thick spanish accent while you sit there ordering wet burritos and carne asada fries from the Mexican food restaurant down the street from the multi-million dollar homes in Del Mar because my culture is beautiful. So is my abuelita and her plain mandil and sweaty forehead, you know, things like beautiful are my dark eyebrows, which you make fun of, but I know they were passed down from a hardworking mother. So yeah, just the, 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 the title says so much, but the, the images are great. Raiz. I, I know I'm asking you like a lot of specifics, but like the, the one poem, Gente, do you happen to remember like who the or who would who would be the speaker in that? I can refresh your memory on like the lines if you need. Yeah, no. Well, I guess so. I wrote it like as as me, right? Um, but that poem has it really just talks about so many identities existing right. in um, in LA. So it's like I'm, I'm starting. Know, to, I'm starting to interrupt you. I don't know if I asked the question right. What I'm what I'm saying, I guess, is who. Who's who's the receiver? Who's being talked to? 
Because oh, like, okay. there's like a, you know, there's a couple quotes and they have quotation marks. I thought the only dude said La Linea is folks wait to cross back. You belong there just as much as they do. Like, sorry, I'm asking like, who's being talked yeah. to, I guess? Who's the audience? So, um, the, it's, um, it lists the different people, um, identities existing in LA, but then it's also like me as my own identity walking through LA and um, how I guess I react to each person, okay. right? So okay. when, when it's the unhoused um, uh, asking mm -hmm. for help on the street, it's like, I wish I had more to give you. So it's, uh, they're the reader. And then okay. um, you move over to the punk kids, hipster kids, Spanish mm. music making kids keep expressing yourself. So that's like the message to them. And um, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it kind of moves all over and it switches from like list poem to like narrative or yeah. Mm -hmm. the, the poem, the poem resilient girl is one of the lines is just is it is okay to just comma be and I just, I thought it was such a cool poem. Like, you know, you don't, you don't have to, as a woman or a woman of color or all those things, you don't have to like be strong. Like it's okay. Sometimes you just be, you don't have to be like a, a hero, you know? I don't know if I'm reading that right. Yeah. And like the image or just like the idea of like stillness and. Um, Give yourself a break. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have much to say other than just a really cool line. One of the poems, a lot of uh, alliteration again, is called Tongue Your Truths. And the line is uh, singing them, them being the truths, singing them to create showers of lightning bolts that electrocate, electrocute affinity in, epiphany into the chest of those around you. Electrocute epiphany. That's an awesome line. <laughs> I love it. Definitely love loss and longing come together. Um, I want to erase all former lovers letter by letter until it's only your name on the chalkboard. I mean, that's bars right there. <laughs> I want to scribble it on the walls. I want to shout it. I want to live in those first few months. I think all of us know about like, you know, like a first love or the first few months or, you know, like a relationship. Um, I want to stop pretending that I'm okay. Just a lot about love and, and, and perhaps loss. One of the poems is called under your thumb. I started writing your hands into poetry again, decided that I was tired of the grasp around my pen. I want to ask you about hands, like hands. That line again was I started writing your hands into poetry. There's so much about hands, like as a motif. Um, and obviously as a writer, you know, I don't know if you literally write with a pen or type, but like, you know, um, I've held many hands, another poem, all things about all things grandma's hands have done. They've held babies, they've brewed tea, they'd healed with sana, sana, colita, rana. Um, I just, I wonder about hands and how like purposeful you were with that or if that just kind of came through naturally. Yeah. So it's funny because my first collection, Loose Lives, um, which sure. is kind of <laughs> contrary to like the title, but there's a lot of hands in that entire collection. Mm. It's like, that's, yeah. Um, and so I guess that trickled into this collection. I don't really know like why I do that, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that kind of just 
it's I don't know. It's strange. I I don't even have an answer for you. It but works. I know, like people have um, that Red Makers collection. They like reach mm -hmm. out to me and they're like, "Yeah, I really noticed the hands um, as like a image in all of your poems." And yeah, yeah it's interesting. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, it, well, you know, leave it alone. It works. It's alchemy. You know, who, we can't like necessarily pin it down, but I left my heart in all different places, including the notepad, the, line, the exact line quote, I left my heart with you, comma, in your hands. Authenticity, I, I guess you could call it maybe is definitely comes through as a theme, like being your authentic self. One of the lines from the, from the poem for JPH is, is about six drink, six drink deep defensive, mm -hmm. which, you know, man, that rings true. You know, the, the different stages maybe of being, of being drunk and truth and what's truth and what's not sin and tonic. Mm -hmm. um, one of the poems is Alvira where you describe grandma as a Taurus. So she's tough, but she's sentimental. And man, you, you talk about how she would break down with uh, the man, those Sarah McLaughlin pet commercials, huh? <laughs> man yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it, it's for i think it's for is it for spca maybe or p or PETA? <sighs> whatever it is those those get you um and oh man you she would you know be sentimental for the graduation song and church boy singing ave maria man i i it brought me right back to my grandmother's funeral when ave maria came on right i mean <laughs> So I, that definitely resonated with me there. And you, you end that poem with, quote, my grandma tells me a lot of things, a storyteller like myself. She tells me about losing her son, and I can hear her cries in the light, feet against wood, creaking of her voice. Other than, wow, I, don't, I, don't, I can't explain that better than you can. Um, how emotional was that to write those type of things? Yeah, well, you know, and like going back to like the grief my grandmother never released. Mm. Um, you know, all all my grandparents are still alive, and it's like you know, you there's a lot of storytelling. Um, you know, when I would my uh, grandparents watched me a lot. You know, they were like daycare for us. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, there's a lot of storytelling and, um, yeah, it, it was actually, you know, like it's very emotional and, um, that's a lot of like trauma packed into that poem yeah. and a lot of these poems that talk about my family, but, um, yeah, it was really like just sharing those stories and, uh, with the reader as well. Um, just made me think of like, I mean, it's an obvious point, but like how, you know, even how you knew your grandparents, you know, your grandparents so well, you spent so much time with them. Like you never really know your parents, your grand, like they, they existed before you. Right. Right. And like the loss of the son and, and all those things you can, you can only imagine. There's a, definitely a theme of like poetry is like, I would say like sexuality, but more like sensuality. I mean, <laughs> there is one poem about making love to poets, <laughs> <laughs> right. Very creative. Uh, Hemingway makes an appearance, right? And like T.S. <laughs> Eliot, you say would be vanilla, <laughs> right? Um, and obviously, you know, but more like sensuality, like you're talking about, like the hands as such a motif. Obviously, you like touch and you know senses. Um, 
one of the poems is a pretty fairly short one. It's um, it's bilingual or has you know the, the English and the Spanish is the woman's the woman's body as the basilica, like like bendita es or or, or blessed it is. I wonder how much of poetry for you is is sensual or like is you know needs to be read out loud and is like emotional more than rational i guess yeah um yeah well yes there's truth to that because when i like let's say um somebody is sharing a poem with me and they have it like on paper or or on in writing Mm -hmm. i to like experience the poem, I actually will read it out loud, like right in front of them. And they like move through it, how I like experience it in my head. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there, uh, I would agree with, you know, that. The collection ends with uh, a transition, like the first street bridge. I've, I moved away from LA about six years ago, but I, I know, I think the sixth street bridge just got un, un- unmasked what am i trying to say i think the sixth street bridge was just uh like opened up right Mm -hmm. but but i know the first street bridge very well like you know downtown into like boyle heights and you know there's obviously a very interesting thing about transition like a literal transition and you write Mm -hmm. that it it something to the effect of it it must it must be like when the creator calls home Mm -hmm. which i thought was such a great ending like a transition a movement um, that I thought was such a cool way to end it. Did you, not that maybe that was, maybe that wasn't the last poem you finished for the collection. Like, when did you know you were done with the collection? Like, let's, let's turn it in. Yeah. Um, so I actually, I sent it to my publisher. He had, um, you know, I've somehow, I don't even know, like, you know, existing in the world of poetry, you're like, I don't know where I, met you or how, but, um, you know, just mutuals. And, um, so I knew Edward and he had, he knew that I was working on a new manuscript and he, he asked to see it. Um, but that also would, they would have been my first choice, um, of a publisher as well. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I sent him my manuscript like prematurely and I was like, here it is. And he, Um, And I'm so grateful for this because I'm like someone that's just like rushes my projects. And Mm -hmm. um, so he said, I I don't think he even opened it, but he said, okay, I want you to like take this back and really go through it and Mm -hmm. send you like, you need to send me your strongest work. Mm -hmm. So I was, yeah, like that advice. Um, So I went, you know, I was like, okay. You, you got it. And uh, I come through it. I removed some things. I added more poetry. I shifted things around. And um, I don't know when like that moment was when I was like, yeah. okay, it's done. But I think that like second time going through it really helped. Yeah. We'll uh, maybe hear you read in a minute. But uh, before we do that, like any any future projects you got coming up that you want to shout out as, as well as it, like your social media and like how to contact you? Yeah. So you, um, I'm really active on Instagram and my handle has been a woman of words for like forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and um, projects that I'm working on. Um, so I just created um, a reading series called Mutual Aid Poetry Show. Mm. Um, I'm still kind of like not sure if I like that name. I've also um, was thinking of poetry as harm reduction. But anyway, mm. it's um, a poetry reading series where um, and it travels. So we've done um, this month will be our second. It's this Sunday. But um, and so we've done a shop in Whittier, a radical bookstore over there uh, called Midnight Books. And then this month it's at All Power Books, which is also um, um, uh, like radical bookstore community space. And the idea is to um, raise funds or um, donations of uh, hygiene items uh, for different grassroots organizations that work with the unhoused or, um, uh, you know, different community work. So um, this month we have uh, poets like Richard Modiano and Luis J. Rodriguez. All right. Um, and so I'm hoping to keep it going just because, uh, you know, that community work is very important. And, um, yeah, it's been very inspiring so far. So um, that's a project that I have. I also have a third manuscript um, in the mm. works. And it's, All right. um, I'd say more than halfway done. So I'm trying to really um, have, like, the self-discipline and, like, routine to, like, work mm. on it. Because, yeah, this time around, I'm, like, really trying to be more intentional about the output and um, overall theme and how it's structured. And, mm. you know, Edward's advice, Edward, that flower song, like, I feel like it's, uh, I just really want to be more, like, strategic and, uh, yeah, intentional with my third collection. Very cool. So I think I'll read my poem isn't a persuasive essay since we spoke about that one. Cool. My poem isn't a persuasive essay. How many more poems do we need to write until the children are hopscotching feet against white lined shapes against asphalt rather than in cages? How much longer do we continue psychotically scribbling, smash the patriarchy, no war with Iran, water is life, black lives matter, stop Asian hates, give the poor kid medical attention, the cold floor is no place for their last breath, God damn it. How many more hands angrily performing stanzas, lips releasing spit of rage and helplessness, poets stand up because we hardly know how else to help because if we don't vomit out metaphors, it might be my breakfast. Poets stand up in response to your lack of credibility. Toddler president tweets, my lord, my poem isn't a persuasive essay on, for your votes. My poem is a cry for help released by pen and page. My poem is a shout, it is an airstrike on your country club. How many more Langston Hughes? How many more grandmothers holding signs that read, I can't believe I'm still protesting this shit. How many more Maya Angelos? How many more Allen Ginsbergs? Howls of anti-war? How many more John Lennon's Bedins for peace? How many more banned books? Your White House is filled 
with cisgendered white men dominating Mother Mary in fishnets underneath her faintly blue mantle. Donald Trump, oh, how I've grown sick of that name. Regulating uteruses, teasing her clit with your AR-15s, blood on fingertips. My poem isn't a persuasive essay on gun control, but how many more children answer me? This isn't a rhetorical question. How many more poets? How many more martyrs? How many more pipelines? How many more oil spills? How much more spilled blood? How many more traumatic brain injuries until your stomachs feel satisfied? How many more doors do my small knuckles need to knock on? Write a poem describing your thoughts on war. Thank you. That, that, yeah, that move to that last line is wow. After those questions that are so probing and so emotional. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. So um, I think I'll move over to a more grounding poem. Okay. Um, and then I'll read a new poem. Um, Sounds good. Because of what we are talking about as well. Uh, this is titled Soft Girl. I am kind because my mother taught me to be. I am a lover because the planets demand that of me. I have hurt myself over and over and over again in the process of attempting to heal others. At night, I retreat and I kiss my own wounds. I would rather leave here exhausted and bruised than to know that there was more love I could have whispered into the world. That last stanza is fire. <laughs> that's that's not the greatest way to describe it. I'm, words words escape me. That's uh, very memorable. Yeah, thank you. What's the new one called? And and has this or any others that are coming out in the third collection have they been previously published or or not yet? Um, I think so. Yeah. So. Um, in my new collection, I'll have How to Reimagine America, and that was in an anthology titled Reimagine America. Okay. Um, I honestly, I'm like terrible about submitting to anthologies um, <laughs> now unless uh, people reach, you know, the publishers re or editors reach out to me personally and ask for something. Um, I just don't make the time, and I should, but... Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, this poem I wrote just this week, um, but we are talking about the Sixth Street Bridge and how that just opened up. Mm. Um, and so this is titled, Why I Refuse to Celebrate the Opening of the Sixth Street Bridge. Because of carbon emissions and fossil fuels, because of the rich profiting sitting behind their desks, because of the oil that seeps into the asphalt and then into the ocean, because the money invested could be redirected, because this bridge will provide housing for the unhoused, but the politicians still will not, because there are hungry bellies living inside every structure of Los Angeles, because this bridge only feeds the machine because of overpopulation, because the George Washington Bridge supports nearly 102 million vehicles every year, and because the total cost of the Golden Gate Bridge was equivalent to $704.9 million in our time, 
because inevitably this bridge will also support suicides, make news headlines, because this bridge will host road rage and this road rage is the least obvious form of inter internalized patriarchy and capitalism. Because this bridge sits on its stolen indigenous land. So thank you. Um, yeah, those are the three poems I'll share today with you. Thanks so much. The obviously the last one's topical and, and you know, thanks for thanks for writing about important things. Thanks for being an activist you know you're not just writing your stuff and about flowers and sunshine which is great too but um you know but you're really making a difference with your poetry and you talk about the mutual aid and helping unhoused people so thank you for the important work thanks for sharing those including the new one got that got that sneak preview and uh you know last year we got to you know perform quote unquote together it was a hybrid for the voices of california too you know maybe we get to do uh, something in person and but i just want to thank you for your time and and wish you great luck with your continued work. Yeah, thank you so much. I really enjoyed our conversation today. And yeah, future projects or um, readings, definitely um, always, always uh, honored. Cool. Well, you've done so much in, in a short time. So looking forward to, to all the output. And, and thanks again so much. Have a great rest of the day. Yeah, bye. Thanks again to Brianna Munoz. It was a pleasure talking with her. And you can now subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. You can ask for it by name using Alexa and find the pod on Stitcher, Spotify, and on Amazon Music. Follow me on Instagram where I'm at Chills at Will Podcast or on Twitter where I'm at Chills at Will PO1. You can watch this and other episodes on YouTube. Watch and subscribe to the Chills at Will Podcast channel. Please subscribe to both the YouTube channel and podcast while you're checking out this episode. This is a passion project of mine, a DIY operation, and I'd love for your help in promoting what I'm convinced is a unique and spirited look in an often ignored art form. And please, don't just take my word for it. Cheers the Will Podcast, tell a friend. Cheers the Will Podcast, tell a friend. Please check my social media in the next month, as I'll be sharing more details about my Patreon page, which will go live in September and will feature some cool swag like the Chills of Will Podcast t-shirts, refrigerator magnets, and more. The intro song for the Chills of Will podcast is Wind Down Instrumental Version, and the other song played on the episode was Hoops Instrumental by Matt Whitehour, and both songs are used through archesaudio.com. Please tune in for episode 136 with Jose Antonio Vargas, a Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist, Emmy-nominated filmmaker, and Tony-nominated producer. A leading voice for the human rights of immigrants, his best-selling memoir, Dear America, Notes of an Undocumented Citizen, was published by HarperCollins in 2018. His second book, White is Not a Country, will be published by Knopf in 2023. This episode will air on August 2nd. For now, thanks again for listening, and I hope that these quarantine days bring you texts by writers with mad skills like Brianna Munoz, whose work like Todo Vuelve a la Tierra and Loose Lips give you chills at will. Mm -hmm.